Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. So today I have a listener on the podcast, which is really exciting. Um, Camilla Banks is a listener of the podcast, and she's also an incredible business owner. And I think she had connected with me on social media or either via email, just basically expressing her her excitement, um, listening to the Clever Girls Know podcast, and sharing her story about building her businesses and everything that she had learned. And I thought it would be a great idea to have one of you incredible listeners come on the podcast again because it's been a while. And so I invited Camilla on. Um, She is the founder of Holland Lux Properties, which is a real estate firm and also the founder of Holland Lux Furniture, a custom furniture company. And Camilla started her real estate company in 2017 out of a passion of wanting to help people learn the value of real estate and leveraging credit to build assets instead of debt. And prior to becoming self-employed and a full-time business owner, well, multiple business owner at this point now, um, Camilla didn't know much about finances or credit, and she didn't learn it growing up either from her family. And so she went through her 20s basically trying to figure it out on her own. So on this episode, Camilla shares how she got started in real estate and custom furniture making, how she transitioned from getting fired to building two profitable businesses that pay her a full-time salary, how she grew her businesses by asking for referrals, why it's important to not be afraid or shy when it comes to building your business, why you shouldn't be ashamed to stay at your job, and how you can apply what you learn from your job to your business and so much more. So I'm excited to share this episode with Camilla, but before we get into the episode, have you picked up a copy of the Clever Girl Finance book yet? Because if you haven't, you are missing out. Um, thank you to everyone who has gotten a copy. I continue to get tags on my personal Instagram account and we continue to get tags on the Clever Girl Finance Instagram account with your photos and videos of you reading the book or receiving the book and it's just really, really, really exciting to see these images and also to get the feedback on the book on how it's helping you um, improve your finances. I know that some of you have even started some book clubs around the Clever Girl Finance book. So if you haven't picked up a a copy, head over to wherever books are sold to get your copy. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Audible, etc. And yeah, I'd love to see your photos. So feel free to tag me. Also, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you haven't yet subscribed, please do. You can subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and uh, tell your friends about the podcast. And if you really, really love what you're listening to, which I hope that you do, head over to iTunes and leave a review um, so that other women can find the podcast as well. And my final update is, if you did not listen to the last episode, um, definitely check that out. But I'm going to be in Atlanta on August 31st of 2019. And I'll be there to celebrate the Clever Girl Finance book with some of my amazing friends in finance and business and we're going to have a book event slash party to basically have conversation about money and life and career and business and so I would love for you to join me if you're in the Atlanta area on August 31st and you can find out more details and get your tickets at clevergirlfinance.com slash ATL. So let's get into this episode with Camilla. Hey Camilla, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. Hello Bola. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. It is such a pleasure 
uh, to join you on this podcast as I've been such a huge fan of Clever Girl Finance. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. So you have been a um, podcast listener. So I'm excited to have you, have you um, sharing your story with my audience so we can learn more about, you know, you and the success that you've had in business and just, you know, tips and tricks and suggestions for women who are in that space where they're trying to build businesses. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about who you are and what you do. Well, of course, I am Camilla Banks. Um, some people, uh, most people call me Camille. So Camille is kind of formal. <laughs> um, but yes, so I have two businesses, um, both Holland Lux, which is um, a custom furniture business that I've had since 2009. And I also have a real estate um, business as well. And it is called Holland Lux Properties. And um, both businesses, of course, have to do with home and space and just everything that I love as far as design and just the whole aspect of, I guess, physical, you know, appearance, but in more so of a, uh, a home space or a commercial space and things of that sort. And that's awesome because you have two businesses, but they go very much hand in hand, right? You have a custom furniture business and a real estate business, and they basically make sense for each other. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is, is that it, for one, it took me a very long time to decide on doing the real estate side of the business. And it was kind of a, I mean, a huge decision and kind of gave me somewhat of anxiety to start the real estate side. Um, I didn't know what people would think of it. And then when I did the big change and added it as a sister company, people were so excited. But the funny thing is, is that I actually keep them very separate. So most of my clients do not know, unless they Google me, of course, and then they like, oh, you know, you have this furniture side of things. And um, but most of them don't know that I design custom furniture, that I have this whole nother side, which is, you know, okay, because I guess for me, I felt like, you know, it's not something I want to force onto people say, hey, you bought a house now, you know, purchase furniture for me or do another service with me. So I kind of allow that to just be open if they find out and they ask, you know, of course, I'll answer. But, you know, either way on either side, I, I do try to keep it a little bit separate. So I'd love to talk a bit more about how you got into business um, and what your experience was like prior to getting into business, what you did, what led you to deciding to uh, open up your own business, because a lot of the ladies listening are in that space where they're either um, working full-time and running side hustle businesses that they are aspiring to become their full-time gigs, or they're in this idea stage of should I, shouldn't I um, pursue my business? And so I'd love for you to um, be able to share how you got into business, what you were doing prior, and what was basically that whole transition point for you to say, okay, I'm going to go out and pursue this thing. Oh my goodness. So it was quite a journey. Uh, moved to Atlanta in 2007, just on a whim. I came down for vacation and loved it. And I was back the next week. <laughs> all of my things and everything I had was in my car. So um, I moved at the age of, I had just turned 20, um, found a townhome, rented it, you know, got 
a sales job, which is the worst job of my life. And, um, <laughs> you know, sort of, you know, made my way from there. Um, I can say that majority of my career was in hospitality. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the things that I implement in my business today comes from a lot of the learning and training and being in hospitality um, and being of service for so long that it still kind of goes over into the you know business that I have today. Um, but the whole reason why I got into business was for the freedom. I mean, I think that's most of what people look forward to, even more so than making you know more than what you would on your corporate job. But I think it's more so, it was more so for me, the freedom to move as I please and I didn't have to get permission. And so as those years went by, I believe, let's see, 2000, it is 2019. So 2016, um, I went part-time on my um, hospitality position and went part-time for about six months. And then from there, I actually was fired so I was one foot out of the door anyway, and I got fired out of nowhere, <laughs> and I was sort of forced to move forward as a full-time entrepreneur, and I had both of my businesses. They were profiting. They were moving along. Um, the real estate side was just getting started, um, and I think from there, I just said, eh, I'm not going to apply anywhere. I'm just going to go for it this time, and I think it's never the right time, you know, because it's so hard to figure out when you're going to take that jump. And sometimes somebody has to just kind of just kick you in the behind and just (laughs) (laughs) and just tell you to just go. And I think that's what happened to me is that I was just kind of kicked in the behind and just said, just do it already. Um, And I rode that fence for so long. And I just, I was already tired. I was already kind of fed up with being in hospitality and the scheduling and the weekends and the stress, not being able to, you know, move to the positions that I wanted to move to, you know, and just kind of getting overlooked. And I knew I had the talent. I knew it was there, but, you know, you can't make people see what you want them to see in you. And so sometimes you just have to do it yourself. And so that's where I ended up where I am today and now full time. And I love it. I can't imagine going back. (laughs) That's awesome. So you were essentially running your business as a side hustle while you were working full time in hospitality. Um, That was your custom furniture business. Correct. And um, yeah, essentially forced out by getting fired and having to make a decision as to, okay, do I go find a new job? Or do I pursue my business full time? So I guess I, I have a couple questions from there because um, one of the things that isn't very talked about is just that transition phase because you mentioned that your business was profitable. So it was more of a comfortable move for you, right? So what were some of the things that you were doing when you were working full time to get your custom furniture business on its feet to the point where when you got fired, it was now the next normal decision to just go into it full time. What were some of the things that you were doing to get to that profitability with your business while you were working um, full time? Because I, I know that one of the issues that I 
talk about with women all the time is that, well, you know, I'm working full time. I'm running this side hustle, but I'm not making any money. I don't know what to do. So what were some things that you remember that were helpful in helping you get to profitability with um, the, the first business? I think the most, the best thing that I did was setting myself up for success from the beginning and not waiting until I needed it. So even in that process, um, during that time, I, you know, of course, set up my LLC. I did the the whole thing with doing your EIN, you know, business license. Um, there was a lady at the bank that told me about Dun & Bradstreet. She told me about getting a secure card for my business. Um, so I did that. I did all the essentials first um, and just kind of set myself as a real business. And then from there, I think the best thing that I ever did was really, you know, watch some YouTube videos. I, I, I've always been kind of a, I guess, just a creative, you know, naturally. But I think that there are some great tools out here now as far as like Canva in different ways that you can figure out how to professionally market yourself. I think that was the biggest thing for me is that I was very consistent, you know, on my social media platforms, um, sending out email blasts. And I think the biggest thing for me was being of great service and communications to the clients that mm -hmm. I did receive and then asking them for referrals. After I finished the project, I was like, do you know anybody that, you know, is opening up another retail business or that would, you know, love custom furniture. And I would always ask for the next person. And then also, even while I was working, and some people may not be doing a physical business like myself, but I would put little signs, you know, outside saying, you know, Holland Lux is, you know, in here working. So people in the in that neighborhood or that particular area, if it was commercial or whatnot, that they would know who was bringing in the stuff. Cause sometimes people see it and they're like, wow, that's so pretty, but they're mm -hmm. afraid to come in and ask who it is. So sometimes if you put those signs out there, people take pictures of them and they call you and say, Hey, I see you delivering, you know, a bed or, or some sort of piece that was going in. And I wanted to see if, you know, I could do the same thing. And so sometimes it's just figuring out small ways to do that and to just let people know and the physical still works to me. I still go out today and pass out little trinkets of things and different bags and stuff just to let people know, hey, I'm here, I'm friendly, I'm approachable. Um, and I think with social media, sometimes we're kind of afraid to do that. And I love social media because I still do, you know, a lot of prom promotion on there and just kind of continuing to build the brand, but I think just ultimately being yourself, being friendly, being approachable is a huge aspect to people knowing that you're in business and knowing that, you know, they can do business with you. I love how you, um, you know, you talk about being prepared. You started with making sure that all of the foundational aspects of your business were in place. So like your registration, your bank accounts, all that really important stuff. And I feel like even though that may seem minor, um, setting the stage for your business in a way that makes your business um, a serious thing and makes you take your business seriously and makes other people take your business seriously is really important when it comes to, you know, setting up the stage for your business to be successful, right? You have to put in the effort to want this thing to succeed in order for it to succeed. And so you started with that while working full time. And then you talked about 
doing YouTube and like building your email list and, you know, communications and um, asking for referrals, which is so, so key. And I feel like when you're building a business, it's important to get out of your comfort zone and ask for the referrals, especially when you've done a good job and physical part, like you mentioned, is so important. Um, stepping outside from your computer, or stepping away from your phone and actually having you know, one-on-one conversations and networking with people. And um, I think something that a lot of people overlook is the fact that businesses grow, businesses scale from word of mouth. If people like a service and they tell people about the service, that's how your business starts to accelerate. It's not the Facebook ad. It's not the Google ad. It's not the thing you put in the newspaper. People tell people about what they love. And if you think about how you behave, right, um, if you love a product, even if it's something you bought at the grocery store, you're going to tell everybody, you know, this was the best tasting, this and that. And then they're going to be influenced to go buy it. So word of mouth is so key. And you you, you sound like you did a really great job doing that. Yes, yes. I mean, I think it's, it's just essential to not be afraid. And when you're an entrepreneur, you really can't be. Um, you really have to you can't be shy. <laughs> no, you know, you have to, yeah, you cannot be shy. <laughs> That's like, you know, and I, I always say this on the podcast. I am a introverted person, even though I have this fake extroverted <laughs> part of me. And it's, it's a lot for me to do all the things that I do, but I, I realized very early that if I didn't do them, there is no way to grow. So yeah, when it comes to business, you have to figure out what if you need to go buy a mask that you have to wear to go to events? I mean, or something, <laughs> I don't know, buy a wig so you can hide part of your face with those big bangs, but you got to get out of your comfort zone. Oh my and <laughs> I mean, I, I can say I was very, it was so hard for me to talk about myself and even still, it's still a struggle, but, um, I, I'm doing a lot better but my husband would have to literally say, hey, you know, she's great. This is what she's done. You know, it's it's been a struggle for me to talk about myself and everything, you know, that I've had a chance to accomplish and the opportunities. It's just, I just keep moving forward. And that's all always been me. But I noticed that, you know, sometimes you have to celebrate yourself and you do have to talk about, you know, what you've done and your accomplishments. And that just allows people to get to know you. And if they know nothing about you, how can you, you know, essentially express yourself in that way so that people can know what you do and how great you are? Absolutely. And I think that's something that, you know, as women inherently, we, we, we are just more, focus on everybody else but ourselves and so sometimes it's hard to talk about ourselves and you see this every day like even in the workplace where you know a guy will come and tell you all his amazing accolades and we'll be like oh it's just that little thing but what you've done is so major you should be able to talk about it you should be able to share that and this is something that I have learned to do um and I've learned to like be my own best type person um and sometimes I find occasions where I'm still um you know shy like I'm in the space where I have my business hat on and I can talk about about business and like toot my horn all day long. But there are times when I'm just in my own personal space and I don't want to talk about business. I don't want people to make a big deal about what I'm doing. Um, but sometimes it's necessary, especially when you're trying to grow your business. So that's a really great point. So <laughs> you now run two businesses. Yes. And um, how do you manage that? Because one business is enough work. 
girl. <laughs> so I'd love for you to share, how are you balancing two businesses? How are you able to run two different, but yet both very successful businesses? Um, and what type of things do you do to help balance um, being successful at both? I mean, can we really be transparent and honest here? I don't have yes. so <laughs> there, there is no, there isn't a balance that exists here. Um, but I can say the things that keep me in line. First of all, um, Google Calendar is the best thing that I've ever found ever. And it's free. And I committed to using that every single day in my business. And so when somebody is ready to have a meeting with me, a conference call, you know, maybe I have a showing, maybe I have a consultation, whatever it is, I put it in that calendar. And I know some people are just like, oh, I have to do this whole organization thing. It is the best thing that I've ever done because it reminds the other party that they have a meeting with me. Um, it puts it on the calendar. I can see what my day-to-day is going to be like the day before, so I'm not scrambling. So I think that is the major thing that really changed it. And then I think the other thing, um, as far as managing, I just do it. I got into this mindset when I got fired. I was like, just do it. Whatever it is that you want to do, don't wait. Um, even with, you know, on, my, on the real estate side of things, like I started a team. Um, I have a team of uh, three ladies right now, as of right now, and they're amazing. Um, and I was kind of, you know, kicked in the butt again with that and started <laughs> it and um, was very good at it. And um, I enjoy them and they, you know, also reciprocate the same to, my, to me as well. And so it's a great relate, working relationship. Um, and some people will say, well, you know, you're sort of, you know, new in the game as far as real estate, but I've done quite a bit being, you know, just new in real estate. Um, so they would say, um, as far as years wise. Um, but I think I was already beyond my years as I took so long to get started in it that I knew enough information to be dangerous. <laughs> and, and so I think with that, some people would wait until years down the line to start a team versus for me, I see it as a, it's a business start how you want to end up. And that is the mindset um, in owning two businesses. However you want your business to end up, whether it's freedom, whether it's leverage, whether it is, you know, having time to yourself or with your family, however it is that you need to essentially end up, you need to start your business how you want it to end. And not saying that it's coming to an end, but just how you want your life to be with having the benefits of having your own business. Um, the transition has been very hard. Um, it has not been easy. You know, some days you're it's kind of an up and down roller coaster. And I think you're you're familiar with this, Vola, that every day is not all, you know, roses, but I think the push to continue and the benefit and the rewards and, and people loving what you do is just keeps you going. Um, managing both businesses is is pretty it's pretty intense, but I've learned to, you know delegate, which was some of the hardest things. It's still one of those things that's still, I'm working on it, 
my assistant fusses at me a lot and she says, hey, give me some more stuff that I can do for you because she knows I've expressed to her that it's very hard for me to um, give something to someone that feels like your baby. So you have to learn to delegate in order for you to have the freedom that you want to have, which is the ultimate goal in, in entrepreneurship. That's right. Those are really great tips. And it is true. Um, the balance is lie, but I asked the question anyway, because some people seem to have figured it out. Uh, I, think that, I think that when it comes to pursuing balance, it's about being intentional, right? Like, like you know, like even when we say we have um, one business, for instance, there are still other things in your life that are in the, in, in a sense, businesses like you know I have two kids I'm at the age they're at the age where now they have all these activities and I now have this new part-time job of being a driver and driving up and down the whole place that I have to put their schedule in to my schedule because they don't care about my schedule and kind of get it all you know so it's like like you said google calendar is a lifesaver if it's not on my calendar it is not happening So those are really great tips. And I love the fact that you talked about delegating because um, that's really important when it comes to um, growth. Um, It's one thing to be a one woman or one man show, but that's not long-term sustainable. At some point, if you're trying to grow and scale a business and also have good quality of life, especially if your business is growing and is getting more demand for your product and service, um, you're going to have to delegate. And, you know, when you delegate, you are able to delegate to people who can do things better than you while you focus on what you're great at. You're able to take time away to rest and recover and recharge. And you're able to allow your business the room to actually grow without you being the bottleneck blocking everything because you don't have time to get everything done. So those are some really um, great ways that you're managing your business. That's awesome. So what have been, um, I guess, what would you say has been one of the most difficult things that you've had to deal with as a entrepreneur? I would think the main challenge, um, of course, is it's going to be balance. (laughs) I mean, that's number one. The second thing, I think, is just knowing when to let go of certain things. Um, sometimes we can be a little bit um, attached to what we do and what, you know, the products that we, we have available and what we're providing. And sometimes, you know, every six months, I take a look at my business and say, eh, you know, is this working? Is this method working? Um, you know, should I do some refreshing on my website and make it you know, is it functional for people? Can they find what they need to find? And that's one of the things that I'm working on now is that, you know, my website, I'm actually in the midst of redoing it because I want to make it a little bit more um, functional and easy to find things on the website. So that's some of the things that you have to look at and review and not, you know, jump all over people when, you know, they're like, well, how do I, you know, how can I purchase from you? How can I book with you and you know you're like well go on the website and it's like well maybe they can't find it (laughs) you know so you really have to kind of review because as we go along in technology we know that things are really becoming a little bit more simple and things are becoming a little bit more DIY and people are just willing they're just wanting to have things right now when they want it and they want it to be easy to find and you have to recognize that um, and I think the the main challenge is just reviewing myself 
Um, and then other people, when you work with other people knowing to let go, you know, if they're not a great communicator, you know, if you have a vendor or if you have a partner or something that you work with in whatever business, a contractor, you have to know when they're just not good for your business. Um, and you have to know when to let go of the relationship. It doesn't necessarily have to be nasty, but you have to recognize when your business is hurting on their behalf. And so I've had that happen actually pretty recently where it was like, I was being miss nice and just letting this thing go and continue on. And it was like, eh. And one day I woke up, I said, you know what, this is not good for me. Um, and it's not good for the brand and I can't continue. And I just did it. It was like, it's, it's done. And you have to recognize that. And, and even from the beginning, before you get started, I think is essential too, is just saying, Hey, is this person, if they're not answering the phone now, they're probably not going to answer the phone when I have, you know, a client or, or something that I have to do with them at that time. So if they're hard to reach, then probably going to be hard to reach later. You have to recognize those traits. <laughs> so and then on the flip side of that, what would you say have been some of your biggest or your biggest business success? I think my biggest business success to so me, far, yes, obviously so far. other bigger things coming in the future. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing was really like putting on an actual physical event for the first time. And it was amazing. And I received some amazing reviews from the event and people loved it and we reached a lot of success from that event where people felt like they received the information which was our hands-on um, home buying event um, and people really received the information well and I enjoyed putting it together that was amazing and then the other amazing thing I know this is kind of a little bit off subject but I guess looking at the fact that I earned my own salary on my own and not just, I mean, we're talking about a full on corporate salary and you're earning it on your own without, you know, someone providing it for you by you showing up, you're showing up for yourself. And I think that was my biggest, like, Oh my God, like this is how much I earned in a year, you know, on my own, you know? And I think that was the best feeling is like, wow. So this is my own efforts. <laughs> so to me, that put a huge smile on my face, you know, at the end of the first year, just kind of seeing like, wow, this was my own efforts. So that's that awesome. Good. And congrats, because that is a big feat to be able to be your own boss and pay yourself, you know, money to sustain your life and do the things that you want to do and save and invest. That is, you know, that's a dream for many. Yes. <laughs> <So> congratulations. <laughs> so what advice would you give your younger self who, um, was still working full-time and just getting started on your first business based on what you know now? Yeah. To answer that question, I would say definitely take the time. Don't be ashamed of your job. Take the time to learn from the job that you have. Um, out of all the jobs I had, I can say I've learned many things um, from different departments and just using different systems, booking, um, from learning the essentials of customer service and client service, those things that they have in their HR, um, you know, or team member book or whatnot, 
whatever people like to call it. Those things are really things that you can utilize in your business, even though they may get on your nerves when you're working a job because they're trying to keep you to a certain standard. I know in hospitality, they have this thing called, you know, Forbes five, the five stars or whatnot. These are things that, you know, you have to kind of learn whether you're in a customer service field, corporate field, whatever it is that, you know, they always have these guidelines of, of service in some type of way. And I think learning those guidelines for free on the job, take it seriously and really take it in as a sponge because those are things that you're still going to need, even though, okay, I got my own business now. Well, okay, how are you going to run it? Because you still have to, the job you worked for was apparently successfully running, you know, a business because they had employees. So now what are you going to do? So I think just, um, you know, making sure that in your younger self or you're starting a business for the first time that you are utilizing those tools on your job and learning and taking it in instead of just clocking in and just doing your job and not looking at the actual functionality of how they are running everything. And I think that's your greatest teacher. And I think also just get started. Just do it. (laughs) Just simply do it. Um, Make out the time. Don't work your job all day and then don't do anything for your business. Always make sure that you're setting a schedule aside to make time for your business. And I think that's one of the, the best things to do. Those are some great tips. And, you know, when you talked about um, learning at your job, I think every job I've ever had, you know, even when I had my little Avon business, so (laughs) driving my mom's friends crazy, (laughs) I've learned um, something from it. There's always something to learn. If it's not something about time management and productivity management, it could be something about, you know, a technical skill or, you know, some type, there's something to take away or even just like uh, communications or dealing with difficult people. There's something to learn. There's something you can, there's a lesson you can take from anything that you're doing um, in your life and you can apply it to what you want to do in your business or with your goals. And everything that I learned from every job that I've had and every side hustle I've done or, you know, the different things I've done in my life have applied to my growth and me being able to build this business now. So that's really great advice. So um, what would you, what is your favorite business or money tip? Hmm, My favorite business or money tip, I would say definitely taking your business taking $500, um, whatever your secure card minimum is and starting a credit, your first line of credit for your business. Um, it was a huge eye opener once that secure card turned over into an actual credit card. And it was actually a Holland Lux official credit card in my, um, you know, business. And I think that was amazing. Um, knowing what a paydex score is and, um, you know, those, that's basically your business credit score. So I think knowing what that is and knowing how to get those essential uh, lines of credit, knowing what a net 30 is, which is something that you could get from uh, Uline.com where you can get some office supplies or, you know, something like that, where you can get some items, some, maybe some shipping, um, 
items that you could use for a product that you're selling and you're shipping out to your customers and then you can get it and pay them back in 30 days. And that's how you build credit with your business. I think that's probably the best thing that I could say that a lot of people don't know to do um, so that they have, uh, you know, business credit and they can put things in, you know, phone lines and different things of that sort in their business name instead of their personal. And I think it, it definitely essentially starts to separate things for you so that when you file your taxes, you know, you have those things all lined up and itemized and everything just, you know, looks good on paper. It's a real business at that point. You have a business mm-hmm. bank account. I think doing those those things professionally will just set you up for success. That's awesome. And, you know, when you when you have access to business credit, you know, it gives you access to capital that you can use to grow your business. Um, and for those of you who are listening who are not familiar with how business credit works, um, you know, similar to personal credit, it is when you are able to obtain capital that way, you also need to have a plan to pay it back and make sure that as you're leveraging that capital to grow your business, that you actually are working the plan that you have created to get to profitability, which is what you've done, Cami, in order to be able to pay back that credit and maintain your business credit. So those are things that you want to keep in mind, um, having a plan as you pursue or your approach to building your business credit. And, what would you say is your clever girl superpower? <laughs> what is my clever girl superpower? I would say my my superpower is probably just keeping keeping my credit in line. I think that's my cl- clever girl superpower. <laughs> um, I had a I had a pretty bad start with credit. Um, and so I'm pretty obsessed with it at this point. And so I've at the once I got it corrected, I have zero lates on my credit, zero um, you know, zero like I guess bad, you know, uh accounts or anything like that. Everything is at a hundred percent. And I guess that's something that I pride myself in as being my superpower is just keeping up with that and making sure that things are paid on time and that I don't have this crazy, you know, anxiety about credit anymore. That's great. That's awesome. And that's also something really important to keep, um, you know, intact because credit can be leveraged in many different ways to help further, you know, the goals that you're pursuing and your business. So thank you so much for being here. Um, I would love for you to share how folks can keep in touch with you, where they can find you, learn more about your businesses. Yes. So, of course, both of my businesses are named Holland Lux. Um, So Holland, H-O-L-L-A-N-D, Lux, L-U-X-E. That will be my furniture page. And then you have Holland Lux Properties, spelled the same way, with properties on the N-T-I-E-S. And then, of course, my website is hollandlux.com. So, of course, you guys can go on my website to contact me. Um, my email would be info at hollandlooks.com. And um, if you have, if anybody has any questions, of course, feel free to reach out at any point. Thank you so much for being here. And I will put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Bo. It was such a pleasure being on Clever Girl Finance. And I can't even believe it. I'm still in shock, but I'm excited to to be here and to share 
um, of course, my Clever Girl story. And um, I was so happy to join you on this uh, on this call. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode with Camilla. And if you enjoyed listening, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a review of the podcast as well so that other amazing women just like you can find it as well. I will talk to you guys on the next episode of the Clever Girls Know podcast. Thanks for listening.